Welcome to Fertile Minds Radio. Here you'll find wisdom for your fertility journey and beyond, chosen specifically to help you trust your body and elevate your spirit so you can enjoy the process. Join us and see what a fertile mind feels like. Now your host, Hilary Talbot Rowland. Hello and welcome to Fertile Minds Radio. I'm your host, Hilary Talbot Rowland. Today we're going to be talking about adrenal fatigue or what you might have heard referred to as burnout. Now, burnout is more pervasive than ever in our culture. All this talk that I've been doing on the podcast so far about my listeners who are more comfortable doing than being, I decided to tackle the subject of which herbs could help an overstressed, burned out gal or guy recuperate. Because I know a lot of my listeners are there just based on their personalities of what I see show up in my clinic. And I also know that recently here in my clinic, we've seen a ton more cases of adrenal fatigue just recently due to Hurricane Irma. It's, it's kind of crazy. You can have a natural disaster, and if your adrenal glands are just pumping adrenaline, about four weeks later, everybody shows up with all the signs of adrenal fatigue that I'm going to talk about in just a bit. The crazy thing is, though, is that it doesn't have to be a natural disaster like a hurricane or wildfires that cause adrenal fatigue. It can be everyday things like living with the stress of infertility, disagreeing with many of the recent changes in our government, working too many hours, fighting with your partner, or worrying about money. And here's why. Burnout happens when you've pushed your stress response system past its limits of nightly repair. So you've been burning the candle at both ends for so long that you've actually started to put a strain on your body rather than just being simply mentally fatigued by stress. And when it begins to take a toll on your physicality, your reproductive hormones take a nosedive, as does your immune system, your energy levels, and your ability to actually repair your brain. Your brain starts to tell your body, I can't possibly keep pushing like this anymore. So I'm basically going to put you in a timeout with exhaustion so that you have no choice but to hit the brakes and pull over. My mentor, Dr. Hammer, used to describe adrenal fatigue of this type almost like a protective depression that comes over the body and forces one to rest. And when I explain this to my patients and that their adrenal glands is like a savings account that has a finite amount of money or adrenaline in them that they can spend and that they can take money out as fast as they want, but they can't replenish it at the same rate to get back to even, the light bulb starts to go off and all of a sudden they understand how they've been grossly misspending this precious substance or their energy. So here are some of the common symptoms and health problems that can be caused by adrenal burnout. And know that you don't have to have all of these, but just I would say maybe even three uh, would give pause to say, hey, maybe we need to take a look at the adrenals and start to treat them with some of these amazing adaptogenic herbs that we're gonna talk about today. So brain fog, concentration problems is one of the main things that I see, and this can be from fatigue or changes in the hormones and also changes in blood sugar, which is um, part of what happens with adrenal fatigue as well. Uh, 
that change in blood sugar can set you up for insulin resistance, which is um, not only pre-diabetes, but this also means hypoglycemia as well. So, you know, not enough blood sugar. So you're not, you're basically not handling blood sugar well, even though you're not overeating and your sugar's not going up, it's bottoming out. And these are my patients, my my super thin go-getter girls who skip breakfast and then are hangry about two o'clock and want to stab somebody. That's a sign of hypoglycemic insulin resistance. There can also be a difficulty in falling asleep. You're exhausted, but you're wired at the same time. Or when you do fall asleep, it's super restless. You can have hormonal imbalances that show up like PMS fertility problems, an increase in menopausal symptoms if you're experiencing that change of life, Um, an overall uh, joint pain that moves or muscle pain like fibromyalgia, you're exhausted and you can have trouble waking up in the morning, Um, weight gain, nobody's favorite, especially that abdominal weight gain, those lovely muffin tops that we get when we've been stressed for a while. That has to do with cortisol being released as a result of all of this adrenaline. Um, Frequent colds and infections. All of a sudden you've got high blood sugar or high blood pressure rather, but you're super healthy and you don't understand why. This is a sign of your body saying, hey, I can't do this anymore. And then another big one is cravings, especially for sugar, carbs, or fatty foods. And I see this about three o'clock in my patients and myself, I've had it a few times, where it's all of a sudden, I need chocolate and salt at 3 p.m. or I'm gonna hurt somebody. So if you can identify with some of these symptoms, I hope that you will continue to listen and see what maybe some of these spectacular herbs can do for you. Adaptogens are this amazing group of herbs that were first categorized with the name in the 1940s, though they've been used in traditional herbalism of Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine for thousands of years to improve stamina, fertility, and immunity. They also promote longevity and well-being. Because of this, in Chinese medicine, a lot of them were actually referred to as the herbs for sages, so meaning that they were reserved for the use of sages or royalty. Normal people like you and I didn't get them, but that's not the case anymore. So here's how they work. They regulate the hypothalamus and the adrenal glands, which is known as your HPA axis, which are in charge of your stress response and cortisol production that hormone that makes you fat. In a stressful situation, adaptogenic herbs maintain and restore balance, normalizing your physiological response to prevent your body and mind from jumping into overdrive and becoming exhausted at every little stressor. This helps to protect your body and your skin from the toll of stress and the damage of hormones like cortisol. So not all herbs are suitable for all people. And the herbs that I'm gonna talk about today generally fall into the regarded as safe for most category, but that doesn't mean that they're safe for everyone. Like I always say, just because something is all natural doesn't mean that there aren't side effects. So I'm gonna go over those today as well. And there aren't many studies done with these herbs during pregnancy. And that's why I refer to adaptogens as the bookends of fertility. I love them to help men and women become more fertile taking them before they fall pregnant, taking a break while they are pregnant, 
And then I really love them to help men and women stay alert and present as they are becoming new parents. Because as most of you can imagine, or maybe you already know, this can be one of the most stressful times of your life. Even though it's joyous, you're sleep deprived, your diet is all over the map often, and your hormones are fluctuating wildly because you've just given birth. So that's why I love to use them before and after pregnancy. So many herbs work synergistically with others. As you've heard me talk about in um, maybe episode three, I believe it was, of fertility herbs. But even though I'm going to go outline individual herbs in this series, keep in mind that most, if not all of them, are going to work best when they're combined with other compatible herbs. And that's why if you pick up a bottle of adaptogen herbs or stress herbs, maybe it's called over the counter, um, you'll see that there's oftentimes more than one herb in there. Now that said, there is also this value and practice of what herbalists called simpling. And this is where you just focus on one single herb so you can intimately connect with its powers and effects on your body before using it in a more powerful situation. And a lot of my patients will wanna know, how long do they have to take these herbs exactly? Now that all depends on how depleted you are. How long have you been burning the candle at both ends? It's likely this adrenal fatigue didn't happen overnight. While you start to feel improvements in as little as a week, I tell most patients to plan to stay on them for three to six months or until you fall pregnant and then come off and see how you feel. It's subtle and after you're on them for a while, a lot of people will maybe forget to take them for a few days or think, I don't know if these are doing anything anymore. I'm gonna stop for a bit. And if the balance hasn't corrected itself, you'll know. Within about four or five days, you'll be asking yourself, where is that bottle of herbs? So you know you're burned out, yet it can be quite confusing if you aren't an herbalist to understand which of these adaptogens will suit your particular case and your unique symptoms. So today I'm going to go through the main adaptogens, highlighting their functions, and when it comes to treating fertility in both men and women, along with their general functions, so you can make an informed choice for your situation. Don't worry about taking notes or anything studious like that. You can find everything I'm saying along with some even greater detail over on the show notes located at ladypotions.com backslash episode seven. And if you're interested in starting an herbal regimen for yourself and your partner, and you want some directed advice, click on the button that says book your virtual herbal consult, and I'll be happy to assist you and your partner on your journey towards enhancing your fertility naturally. So we're going to start with my favorite adaptogen of all time, rhodiola rosea. Now rhodiola is one of the most clinically researched adaptogens and has a ton of traditional uses. It has an ability in regulating the production of cortisol, treating fatigue, it's anti-inflammatory, and it's even an antidepressive. It's been studied for its ability to reduce stress in sleep-deprived individuals. For instance, there was a study of sleep-deprived medical residents, so as you know, they work crazy, crazy hours, 60 to 100 hours a week, oftentimes in 24-hour stretches without much sleep at all. And when they studied this population, they gave them to one group, and then they had a control group that didn't get any adaptogens. And what they found was is that the group that got the rhodiola, 
made statistically significantly less mathematical errors being sleep deprived just by being given rhodiola. So there's some pretty strong evidence to show that it can improve attention and cognitive function and mental performance and fatigue. So in addition to that, it also promotes a calm emotional state, which can be super helpful if you're stressed, as you well know, optimal immune function and hormonal balance. And if you've ever seen it in its raw form, maybe you've had a chance, you immediately notice that for a stick, it's got this really pretty rose pink color and this sweet rose-like scent. It's almost unmistakable. And it's super cooling energetically, which is why it's one of the herbs in the adaptogen category that I love to reduce anxiety and depression without creating jitteriness, which some of the other adaptogens like specifically Asian ginseng can do. And this is why I reach for rhodiola when I'm trying to reduce anxiety in a patient. It also improves sleep. Only occasionally does somebody have problems sleeping on it, even though it improves energy because it's working on the HPA access, it helps people to sleep more soundly. It's one of my favorites uh, when treating ADHD, especially when it's coupled with a, a high dose of essential fatty acids like fish oil. And personally, I've used it a few times when I'm uh, climbing mountains and trekking. This past July in the Pyrenees, I used it with great success to avoid altitude sickness because here in Florida, it is super flat. I am definitely a flat land lover and it was near impossible to be able to train to be at high altitudes like I was. And I was kind of worried about getting altitude sickness because I've flirted with that a little bit here and there and the... Rocky Mountains in Colorado when I was climbing there, but I took rhodiola every morning and then I would keep it in my pack and I would take it as soon as I started to fatigue or if I had any symptoms of altitude sickness like dizziness. And I would say within 15 minutes, I felt better every time. And this is not just me saying that it works for altitude sickness. In Tibet, it's been used for eons for the Sherpas before they ascend Everest. So pretty cool herb in its diversity and what it can do. Because of this, it's been pretty coveted in different countries over thousands of years. The ancient Chinese had such high regard for this herb that they would send expeditions into Siberia to obtain it. And then the Siberians secretly transported it down into the Caucasian mountains where they traded it for Gregorian wines, honey, and garlic. So it was actually a form of money way back when, uh, helping people to get odd goods that they really praised. And in Siberia, newly married couples were actually given bouquets of rhodiola as a sentiment towards increasing fertility. In men, it's been known to improve erectile dysfunction and low libido. And in women, it relieves amenorrhea or no periods and infertility caused by minor hormonal imbalances or stress. And because of this, coupled with it's an additional ability to control blood sugars, I feel that it can be really useful in the treatment of PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. All right. It's a lot about my favorite herb. They're not all gonna be that long, but that one's super special. The next herb that you find in most of your adrenal complexes is ashwagandha. Sometimes it's known as Indian ginseng, and I would say that it's the most commonly used adaptogen herb in Ayurvedic medicine. It has a powerful calming function, 
It naturally lowers cholesterol, it can reduce fatigue, balance thyroid hormones, and regulate immune function. And because that it's been used for over 4,000 years, it's typically regarded as pretty safe. It's considered both a food and a tonic for improving energy. Meaning in Indian culture, some people just think of this as almost like a vegetable that they would eat rather than uh, something that you would be prescribed. Again, speaking to its safety. It's also anti-inflammatory and used to improve sleep, reduce anxiety, improve memory. So kind of that basic list that all adaptogens do. It's really super helpful in the treatment of arthritis and can be beneficial in the treatment of fertility challenges for both men and women, and here's why. In Ayurvedic medicine, it's traditionally mixed with ghee and honey to treat low sperm count and sexual debility. And in a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled trial that investigated a group of 46 male patients between 46 and 40 years of age who had low sperm count, between 5 to 20 million, which doesn't seem low unless you've been testing some sperm and you know that it should actually be up around 40 million, it helped to increase sperm count dramatically. So the group that was receiving treatment were given 225 milligrams per day of full spectrum root extract ashwagandha, which if you know anything about their dosages, that's actually pretty small. And in this group, just after 90 days of therapy, so about the time that it takes men to make new sperm, The study found that ashwagandha group experienced a whopping 167% increase in the amount of sperm when compared with the control group. Also, the group that got the ashwagandha experienced a 57% increase in motility. So if you're having count problems or motility problems and you're kind of checking the box and some of these other symptoms that I'm talking about, you might reach for some ashwagandha or some formulas that have ashwagandha in it to potentially help these problems. Now the other thing they found in the study is that serum testosterone was increased by 17% and LH or luteinizing hormone was increased by 54%. So it's quite clear that it's a good tonic for the male reproductive system. Um, When you combine this with multiple other studies that are out there kind of pointing in the same direction. But it's also for this reason that I don't recommend that this herb be used with polycystic ovarian syndrome patients or PCOS because they already have a problem with high testosterone and uh, luteinizing hormones sometimes. And so this is one that I always want to look at blood work first before I decide if this is appropriate for a patient with PCOS. So if that's you, maybe reach for a different type of adaptogen. In women, it's been shown to help those that are experiencing weakness from repeated heavy menstrual bleeding or recurrent miscarriage. And when I'm treating this aspect of dysfunction in a woman, I really like to couple it with holy basil, which we're gonna talk about in a little bit, and nettles. Uh, And this is because it's also got a pretty strong ability to help increase iron when it is paired with nettles, which also can increase iron stores in the body. And also why this would be a contraindication if you have hemochromatosis or excess iron, uh, you would not want to take this herb. So just to recap. So if you're thinking, I don't know, I have some of these signs, but it sounds an awful lot like rhodiola, Aviva Ram, one of my mentors, would say that it's suggested for you if you're saying, I'm tired but wired, or I struggle to fall asleep. 
I'm chronically achy and I have painful joints or arthritis. I'm having some brain fog or I'm nervous and anxious or I'm just chronically fatigued in general. And as long as you don't hit any of those contraindications like having high iron or PCOS, then this could be a super duper helpful herb for you. All right, on to the next one, holy basil. Holy basil is referred to as sacred basil. It's been revered in India for over 5,000 years as an herb that calms the mind and spirit and promotes longevity. It's called Tulsi in Ayurvedic medicine, which means incomparable one. One of my friend's daughters is named Tulsi, and it just makes me smile every time I hear it because I think of this amazing herb and what she must have thought when she was moved to name her that at her birth. It's used to improve energy and relieve fatigue, and it's an anti-inflammatory and antioxidant, and it lowers blood glucose, triglycerides, and cholesterol. It's also thought to protect the liver, and it helps immensely with nicotine withdrawal. So if you are someone that is trying to quit smoking in order to increase egg quality or sperm health, Uh, An adaptogenic blend with holy basil could certainly help you in that area. It also provides relief from mild depression. And while this herb is related to common basil, it's very different. And there's actually three forms of holy basil. So you want to make sure that you have the right one. And I'll I'll put the exact Latin in the show notes. I'm not going to attempt to say that on the podcast because it's going to come out sounding all kinds of jumbled. So... Not only was this herb used as medicine in India, but its sacred properties are one of the reasons why it's been used in spiritual pursuit. So it's used during the morning prayers in Hindu religion. It's said to bring spiritual purity and familial well-being as well as ensuring personal health. And strings of beads from the plant stems are also used in meditation to give clarity and protection. And that's how it got its name, holy basil. So kind of cool herb that it's not just used for medicine, but its energetic and sacred properties as well are revered by many on this planet. It's said that it can balance all seven chakras of the body and help to bring goodness, virtue, and joy. Can't really think of another herb that has such high spiritual regard. All right, on to the next, Shadavari, also known as the hormone harmonizer or the queen of women's adaptogens. And that's because that name actually translates into the woman who has a thousand husbands. So being part of Indian culture and an Ayurvedic herb, you can guess just from this translation that that probably means it's going to increase female fertility, which it absolutely does. It's a rejuvenating tonic that's nourishing and calming and balances the hormones nicely. It's used for irritability, affecting the mood, emotional problems that come with PMS and menopause. It's used to treat vaginal dryness, low libido, sleep problems, and perimenopause. In addition to this, it also helps to improve immunity and can help with insulin secretion, reduces gastric acidity, and can even prevent stress ulcers in the stomach. It has a mild estrogenic and cholesterol lowering effect. 
So if you have a history of estrogen-fed cancer or that's uh, a history in your immediate family like mothers or sisters, I would implore you to pick a different herb than Shadavari. Now that can certainly be a lot of information if you're not already a skilled herbalist, but I wanted you to see the depth of symptoms that these herbs can treat. And not only do they treat symptoms, but they treat root causes by working on the HPA access. So if you're overwhelmed, then I encourage you to reach out to me and book your herbal consult today. If you'd like to increase your study on your own of these amazing herbs, I recommend the book Adaptogens by David Winston and Stephen Mames and Aviva Rahm's Botanical Medicine for Women's Health. They are indispensable references and easy to read, even if you don't have an herbal background. If you're considering working with an herbalist in your area one-on-one, check out nccaom.org or the American Herbalist Guild to find someone skilled in your area. And as I said, all of this information and even greater details are available on the show notes at ladypotions.com backslash episode seven. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Fertile Minds Radio, hosted at www.ladyportions.com, where you'll find past episodes, show notes, and free meditations. If you've benefited from what you've heard, leave a comment or review so it makes it easier for others to find this valuable wisdom. Let's help elevate each other. Thanks for listening.